right, we're going to start. Ready? Mati, ready? First of all, I want to congratulate Mati, Mati and Alkipets on the beautiful house. This is, believe it or not, the first class in nine months since uh, we've gone live. I'm zoomed out, so I'm happy to see live people uh, finally. So again, I want to bless you guys. You guys should have everything, peace, love, and, and everything should be good in, in this Jefferson, this beautiful house. Hashem bless you. And also for the Hollywood community to put some batteries on. Hashem. All right, so today's class, we're going to talk a little bit about faith, a little bit about emotional detox, and we're going to take a, a few lessons from Rabbi Nachman, and we're going to basically take these, this old wisdom and bring us practical advice on this. Obviously, today, um, there's a major, major connection between, you know, have people having shalom bite issues, people having, obviously, faith at work. There's, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of emotional um, detoxes now that obviously needs to happen during this time. And Ramachman told us very simple in lesson seven, something very beautiful. He's saying that the, the sole essence, essence of our exile, the reason why we're going through something and we have a negative experience is due to a lack of faith, which is a very, very powerful concept. I mean, you can tell me everything that I'm going through is a lack of faith. But Ramachman first begins and he re- realized that all actions are belief driven. According to my belief in something is the energy I'm going to put into it. For example, if I think something is exciting, I'm going to look at it as an opportunity, not as an obligation. So Rav Nachman realized that the reason, it's not a matter of a person praying or a person learning or a person doing anything. He realized it's really the belief behind it. A lot of times we're trying to change beliefs and we can't change, we're trying to change actions and behaviors. And the real problem is not the action or behavior, it's really the belief behind it. For example, if you look at, you know, I have many times people ask me on Shalom Bayit issues, you know, the guy's putting a very low effort into, into his marriage. Next thing you know, his wife tells him, listen, if you don't put a better effort, I'm checking out. All of a sudden, the guy has leverage and he's saying, listen, what class do I need? What do I need to say? What do I need to pray? So before it was an obligation to him. Now it became an opportunity to him. So anytime we have to realize that, unfortunately, Hashem turns on the heat to make us to turn something from an obligation into an opportunity. And this is where, if we don't have the proper faith, we're struggling to put energy into something. Ramachman said it very clearly that it's not enough just to pray. It's, you, you have to, everything requires energy. And if we don't have the energy into according to the amount of energy we put into it, it's based on the level of faith that we have into it. So that's the first thing. He, he, he didn't so much speak about you know, learning Torah. He speaks about behind the scenes. What are you thinking? Why are you not learning Torah? Why do you not want to pray? Why do you feel sluggish? Why don't you want to do this? He was very into the back. The, the, what are you thinking about before you even open up a book? And that's what I really liked because he really got into the psychology of why we, why we put no effort into something. Why are we not waking up with energy in the morning? Why are we not going 100% in our marriage? It's because of our belief system. And obviously, the, you know, the modern psychology talks a lot about this. But let's, let's see exactly what Rabbi Nachman is saying here. He's saying here, know that the essential reason for exile is no other than a lack of faith. And so it says here, we take the words, and prayer corresponds also to faith. So he, he takes the connection here between faith, prayer, and he also says something very deep. He says, according to your, your soul is your munah. That means if you want to feel, if you want to elevate your soul, if you want your soul to have some kind of oxygen, it's very connected to the level of faith that you have. So obviously, if I'm not feeling it, it's because there's obviously something lacking in it, and it's usually faith. So Malcolm said very clearly that the faith and soul are one. So when we feel better, it's because obviously we're activating faith. And today, obviously, we, we're running out of a, we're in a situation where there's not so much certainty in life. And we have to, it forces us 
to think greater than we feel. And I think this is the toughest thing to do today is to actually think greater than you feel. And I know for me in certain situations where obviously the emotions are kicking in and, and, you know, being in a obviously stressful situation, how in the world can we think greater than we feel? How is, how is it possible for today, 2020, to actually think, have an altered change of mind with, a, with the current, current circumstances that are going on? And this is only through faith. Only faith can get us to a place where we can actually alter our emotions and change the current situations. And this is exactly where our creator wants us. He wants us in a situation to be vulnerable. He, there's no certainty. He, he specifically puts us in this situation where we have to literally rely on him. But our, our job, like Rav Nachman says in Lesson 49, that our job is to get to know our creator. And it's easy to get you to, to, to get you know your creator, obviously, if it's during the day. It's really the night. The nights are the toughest that we have to deal with today. And this is something that Rav Nachman very speaks about. So again, Faith is the place we go to. The problem today is you have a lot of people that are too logical. They're too, they're too into the logic. I have to see it to believe it mindset. And sometimes what happens is they never see it because they don't believe it. So the whole concept about believing it first and then seeing it after. And you can apply this again. This could be applied in business. This could apply in relationships. Everything requires faith. It's not even what you're going to be put in a situation where you're going to get put in that position where you're going to require faith even working and owning detox and rehab centers. And you could see the majority of the, of the clients are stuck in it in the past. You could see they're stuck in a uh, situation that happened to them and that became their personality. Some personal reality became their personality. So how, how do you practically deal with the past in, 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 a, in a modern psychology world if you don't have spirituality? How do you deal with the past? It's very hard. So the Lubavitcher Rebbe says something very beautiful. And he says, how do you know if you truly return for the past or not? How do you know if the past has changed you or not? Something very beautiful. As long as the past keeps on pulling you down, it remains what it's always going to be. But as long as the past, when the past drives you to higher and higher each day, you know that the past has been transformed. So how does, what's an indicator where the, the past has fueled me or the, or the past has broke me is my level of faith. And you can go to, again, you can go to all the therapists in the world, but unless you attach some kind of meaning to the past, like this happened for my benefit, if it wasn't for the situation, I would never be who I am today. It's very hard to get stuck out of the past. And you could see clients that are still stuck and stuck and stuck in that past because at the end of the day, getting out of the past is not, it's not a logical thing. You actually have to open up your heart. And I've seen the difference between people dealing with the past and dealing with getting out of the past is by the level of faith. And it doesn't, again, the, the therapist will get you to the, will, will tell you this is the issue, but then you need faith. That means therapy without meaning and faith, you, it doesn't really work. It doesn't really work because you're really rehearsing the past. So really the purpose of trauma really is not to, it's not to break us, it's really to make us. And this is what the whole concept of, of you know, Rav Nachman's Kabbalistic teachings are, is every single day is a brand new moment. The constant of renewal, the constant of waking up with renewal. And it's something that unless we have something bigger than we, that we can imagine, it's very hard to get stuck in these negative, in these patterns of this. So again, practically in my life, when I, when I get situations where, where I can't, there's no lo logic ends, I, I go straight into faith. And one of the things, 
that I think I've read some of Nachman's teachings is I go head first and I just learn on the way. You know, many times people tell me, obviously, we're, we're trying to help people with singles and trying to get people married, of course. Which girl should I pick? Which girl? Which, what, what? I said, it's not a game show. If you pick this one or if you pick that one, you're going to be happy. It's, it's, a, it's either you're in the Air Force, the Navy, the Marines. It's still a battle. I mean, marriage is not something. If I pick the right box, that's it. I made it. If I pick the wrong box, I'm finished. No, it's, it's still, you need a Muna. You need faith. You need, it's, 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 a whole, it's a whole journey. Once we have that mindset that no matter what I choose in my life, it's going to be a journey. It's going to be a lesson. It's going to be something that I'm going to learn. I no longer stay in decision fatigue. I no longer stay in, in doubting myself. I don't procrastinate. I won't say, you know, you know I'll do it tomorrow. Or, I'll, or I won't be a perfectionist waiting for the perfect moment to happen. Obviously, you guys are trying. There's a lot of people moving here from Miami. There's nothing guaranteed here. But you just got to run with it. You got to go ahead in and you'll learn on the way. And, and I recognize that many times that, that has been the best, best, best option. If you look at success today, you'll see the difference between successful people and people who are not. The diff- only difference is that the successful people spend more time getting going. Unsuccessful people spend more time thinking about getting going. And the only difference is, can you just go in all in? And that requires faith. That's not logic. Nothing's sure. And that has been the difference in my life and the difference that I've seen in friends that, I, that have succeeded. Are you able to just drop the rationality, make a calculated decision and go all in and have that faith? And this is really exactly what Hashem wants us from us. He, wants us, he puts us in a situation where we're able to trust Him and connect to that. Again, back to the message of this, is according to the level of faith that we have is the amount of oxygen that we get into our soul. So the first indication that you're not feeling it is because the faith is there. And we have to get to a point where Nachman says that you have to get prayer to where you feel it in your actual bones. As it says, all my bones will proclaim to you. And the hardest thing today is obviously the mind and the heart being in the same place. So again, we're not going to more focused on the relationship with your creator instead of the religion. Religion won't change your life, but faith will. And that's really, really the difference. Because I remember growing up in a certain area and being in the religious world, and I had no, I had no desire to do anything. What page was this? It was no, there was no faith behind it. And today you see a lot of, you see a lot of people dropping yeshiva out. And almost what happens to these kids? They're going to yeshiva, next thing you know, and they're dropping out. But if you, keep, if you teach the kids at Muna first, you'll never lose them. But if you just teach them religion without faith, you're going to end up losing them. God forbid. Because you're going to get to, they're going to get to a certain situation in their life. They're going to say, okay, how did this happen if I'm religious? How could God allow this to happen? And that's where the logic tells you something is wrong. So it's very, very, very important to understand that concept. First, Emuna. Then Yedida. This is a this is a, a, a typical Ramnachman teaching. First, apply faith, and then you'll figure out why it happened. And if we don't have this ability to be vulnerable, we don't have the ability to humility. We never get to that. You never get to see it. So again, it, it's not an easy thing, especially in 2020. But believe me, it works 100. percent Another connection to 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 pain. Ramachman says, if you struggle with faith, you're going to struggle with pain. If you struggle with faith, you're going to struggle with pain. It's a very, very deep concept. Because what's the purpose of pain today? The purpose of pain is growth. 
And what happens is if we're struggling with faith, we're going to resist pain. And according to the amount of we're resisting pain itself, that turns into suffering. So how do we get, how do you get people today to be in despair, God forbid? You see people 21, people, God forbid, you see a lot of people in despair. You gotta go, come to my rehab now. You see people despairing 20, at these ages, I'm like, how could, how could, how could you get, how, how do we get to a level of such despair where people want to take their lives or people want to completely escape life? And this is the formula. Pain is non-negotiable. It's going to happen to everybody because the worst thing we could do is be comfortable. Now, according to the level of accepting pain, if you accept pain, it becomes growth. If you resist pain, it becomes suffering. And the suffering without meaning becomes despair. So you could see if we don't have the proper mechanisms to, to know when to apply faith, that same pain never turns into growth. It turns into suffering and despair. And it, it, would, it would seem to be like the, your creator is out there to punish you, et cetera, like that. And this is where people have that, have a very, very wrong definition. David Lieberman says the very best. He says, great. And he says, the distance between that when we don't feel the distance is the lack of faith. When we, when we lose, we, first we lose faith in, in, in ourselves, then we lose faith in our creator. You'll see very common times a person has a, has a childhood and his parent is not, he never doesn't have the best relationship with his parents. The first thing that's going to go is his relationship with his creator. So it's very, very important that we question our thinking instead of questioning our creator. And sometimes we get stuck in these situations in our life that, it's very common that you'll see a person's relationship with their parents in the relationship with, it, with their creator. And that's why it's very, very, very important. Another concept of faith is obviously resilience. Time Magazine said, who are the happiest people today in the world are not the richest people, are the most resilient people. How in the world can you be resilient? How in the world, what, what makes a person resilient? The person that is able to be resilient today is the person who's able to overcome obstacles in a very quick way. That means according to your level of faith is how quickly do you get up from an obstacle? How quickly do you get up from pain? And really, if we don't have the proper faith, I mean, my mindset, thank God, when I have struggles, it's I win or I learn. Where if we don't have proper faith, what happens is, is we start taking failure personal. And if we start taking failure personal, we lose our self-esteem. And then if we lose our self-esteem, then we're not going to try anything else. So you can see a lot of times you have people that lose their self-esteem and the reason why they lost their self-esteem is because they took a lot of times they took failure too personal. Instead of looking at it as what do I need to do next, they say, why me instead of what's next? So again, that's another aspect of faith because there's no way you can get up quicklier unless you have a situation that God's teaching you a lesson and any process that we go through today is for only for one reason. It's only to expand our vessels. And when you have that simple simplicity that Rav Nachman can teach us, he can teach us with such a simple simplicity that we don't have to say why me all the time. We could just say, what's next? What are you teaching me from this lesson? It's so simple, and, but that's resilience. Because at the end of the day, we have to recognize nothing in life has any meaning unless the meaning we give to it. So every end product, every end result, every situation, I myself was were, 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 were divorced. And the only reason I was ever to get remarried in six months is because of faith. 
Otherwise, I would say, well, how can I get married again? It's ridiculous. How, how do I know it's not going to happen again? Maybe it is going to happen again. And my whole life, I would be stuck in fear, and I wouldn't have three more kids. So you can see these little decisions today make a big deal. These little decisions like what? Uh, how do you, how, people are telling me you're crazy. How could you get married again? You just got divorced. Aren't you afraid it's going to happen again? I said, no, this is life is a lesson. Either you win or you learn. And that simplicity is unbelievable because you don't get stuck in decision fatigue. You don't get stuck in your head. You could see today the, the, the anxious people, they're always in their head. They're always in their head. When, and the key is to get out of your head and get into the moment. And again, without proper faith, we, we really can't. That's what Rav Nachman's referring to as exile. What he's referring to as exile is when a person is mentally exiled. He's exiled from, he's exiled from dots. Like we speak of, Rabbi Shem Tov says, what was, what was missing in Egypt? What was missing in Egypt is dot. What was missing in Egypt is dot. It's a proper perspective. So what happens is without the proper perspective, we view things much, much greater than they are. Rabbi also says in the Torah that the primary reason why the exile started was because of one question that Abraham Levine said, how shall I know I will inherit that line, how shall I know where I inherit that the beginning of doubt was the beginning of the exile in Egypt. That one line that Abraham Avina says, how shall I know I will, I will inherit? That one line was, from that line was the exile of Egypt was declared. So we have to be careful what we say with our mouths. We have to be careful what comes out of our mouth, like what Nachman says in Lesson 44, that faith is created in your mouth. That means you have to speak victory into existence. This is not a Tony Robbins concept. This is a Rav Nachman concept. You actually have to say the words because if you say the words of faith, you're going to come to faith. By speaking words of faith, you will eventually come to faith. So there's a concept about speaking something into existence. Be careful to be careful with doubt itself. Because the doubt itself, just like Abraham Avita, what did he do? He didn't do anything. He just said one line. And that was the exile. So I think Hashem is teaching us to be careful with the, the concept of the lack of the wrong speech. How am I going to make it? Well, how'd you make it for 40 years already? How'd you, these kind of lines bring tremendous amount of dinim. Basically, when you open up your mouth with, with doubt, you invite, unfortunately, you, you invite an exile. So we always tell people you have to speak victory into existence. And again, <laughs> very simple mindset. If there's nothing, there's nothing you have to be, sometimes being too smart. Now, sometimes I have guys, they learn Gemara all day long and they can't apply faith because they're trying to find hundred angles, this angle, that angle, this angle. Life is not a Gemara all the time. Sometimes you have to just apply your heart. You're trying to use your head too much. When you use your head too much, your heart can't be open. And if you can't open up your heart, what happens? That's where faith is. That's where faith is. And this is what our stages taught. All exiles are known as Mitzrayim because they are what? Mitzrayim. They cause anguish to the Jewish people. That's when a person blemishes faith, he blemishes his ability to have a miracle. Because we just said, faith, speech, prayer, and miracles, it's one concept. It's all one concept. We have to actually believe that prayer can change nature. But again, if we don't have that, that the whole concept about believing in the prayer, 
sometimes that's the issue. A person doesn't believe in the prayer. He doesn't believe in the worthy of his prayers. And that's something that obviously can blemish faith. That's what Rabnachman says. So when we have to, when I look at something in my life and I see something's wrong or something I can't understand, or I'm emotionally connected to it too much, there's definitely a lack of faith in that situation. And our whole, our whole key in life is not to be a victim, it's to be a co-creator. So really the purpose of an emotion, and obviously I'm a Scorpio, very emotional person. The purpose of an emotion is to teach you to change your state. It's, it's almost like the gas showing you that have a, you have a low engine light in your car. It's teaching you there's something that needs to be changed. The purpose of an it's a cold thing. They're telling you this is not aligned with your soul. The purpose of an emotion is not to live there. It's not to live. It's a, it's a sign to show you something is off. That's why the word emotion in Latin means to move. So when we get that emotion, it's very important to look at it as a signal instead of looking at it as taking it, just overdoing it and feeding that negative energy. That's how we get into this emotional deep. We get into uh, tremendous emotions is because we're holding in too much stress. And that's one of the things I try to teach, teach people every day that there's no possible way in 2020 to not completely vent out and not to completely vent out to other people unless you have a system to release your emotions through prayer. It's not possible because we're too, everybody's way too edgy. And I, and I said it before in a class, it's unbelievable how one person taking things personal can affect seven things. I gave the example that I'll have an argument with my wife. Next thing you know, what's going to happen? I'm going to snap at my coworker and my coworker is going to snap at her husband and her husband's going to snap at, 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 at the kids. So next thing you know, none of this negative energy really had to do with anybody. You understand? But what happens is, is because we don't know how to deal, we don't have a proper, proper device on how to deal with negative energy, we just what? We just dump it on everybody else. That's why in Kabbalah, bad mood represents constricted consciousness. So it's very, very important that we have to, we can, we can be the ones stopping that whole flow of negative energy. All of a sudden, I notice my wife saying something. I don't, she's upset about herself. I don't take it personal. Next thing you know, I save my secretary from negative energy. She saves her husband. She saves the kid. You understand? It's such a vicious, and I see this in my detox centers. People are coming in there that never dealt with anything, that use drugs, to, and you could see they're yelling at, I mean, the stupidest thing. They just become yelling at everybody, but it has really nothing to do with anybody. But what happens is, is we don't have a proper mechanism, we end up taking all the stuff personal. And then we get, we just recycle it back to all that. So faith is also this concept about recognizing that, recognizing and guarding your emotions, not letting your emotions go all over the place. Like Rav Nachman says, when a person has anger, it's considered a form of idol worshiping because anger is a form of control. Believe me, this whole week, every single thing I said in my class, I completely failed this week. I'm literally, this whole week, I don't know what happened to me this week, but literally I can say this thing and you could know this information and you could say, I got it, I know it, I know it, but if you don't beg your creator for, to help with this stuff, you are going to go down. And literally, literally, the stuff I was saying, it was literally the test. Like the class I did the other day, the problem is the solution. And what happened? Major problem. And if I don't say the problem is the solution, we, we, we don't have anything to, to, to hold on to. It's very important, like I said, if, like Rav Nachman says, if you have that, you have everything. But if you don't have that, you have nothing. So this is why Rav Nachman advised 
to do his bodhidut. His bodhidut is a personal prayer with you and God. You do it every morning. And that's the best way really to, to, to express your emotions, express what you're going through, to basically elevate that negative energy and elevate it up instead of suppressing it. Look at the difference between if a person wakes up in the morning, he takes this negative energy that he's feeling, maybe he's feeling towards resentment in marriage, which is the number one marriage killer today. That's like, <laughs> if there's, whenever there's a communication issue, there's a resentment issue. There's nothing to do with communication. It's called resentment, it's and anger. But imagine if we have a system where we're able to wake up every morning and we're able to, to talk to our creator and then take that negative emotion, what am I feeling? And using that to elevate it to your creator. All of a sudden, what happens is when you come out of a prayer, if you did it the right way, you're a different person. You're a different person. What happens is when you do his Buddha do it, you, you're a different person. You, not only are you less, less emotionally stressed, but you have a new consciousness. I mean, the purpose of prayer is really to change you. It's not for your creator. Prayer is a gift for us. So the days that I see myself doing his Buddha do it, I see myself, I react completely different to people. I respond to people instead of react. I'm a different person. But the days that I don't do it, I'm holding in that resentment. I'm holding in that stress. And what happens is I'm a different person. And I think this is something in 2020, there's so much negative energy and we're so much absorbing everybody's energy. And sometimes we're, we're just, we're fighting too much. The only reason we're fighting too much is because we're just absorbing everybody else's negative energy. And we're not really, we don't have a coping system on how to release. Everybody's on edge. So what happens is little, little minor problems become major problems. And I've seen this, I'm telling you this, I, I think the past two, three weeks, my marriage is on the rock. I, I think literally got 20 phone calls in a row. My marriage is on the rock. Marriage, at the end of the day, you dissect the whole thing. It was absolutely nothing. It was just vent up energy that people just, one little thing, flirt, just made everybody go crazy. And at the end of the day, they turned a major problem from a minor detail. But this again, if we feel good about ourselves, we treat others good. But when we don't feel good about ourselves, what's the first thing we're going to do? We're just going to, we're going to project how we feel about ourselves. But you're a human being. It's going to happen to you. But the only way you can beat this is if you have a system of prayer in order to release. At least, okay, Hashem, I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling angry. What, is it, what are you telling me? Okay, I'm feeling angry because I'm trying to control the situation. There's always something behind the scenes of that emotion. If it's anger, either it's fear, right? Because people have fear. They want to control things, correct? And the more they want to control things, the more anxious they get. And the more anxious they get, the more angrier they get. And the more angrier they get, the more depressed they get. And the more depressed they get, the more they isolate themselves. You see the pattern? So what we're trying to do is really take that emotion that you're feeling at that time and really diffuse the energy behind it. And when you do that, you, you basically come out of there like a completely different person. So an indication that you prayed the right way is if you feel completely different afterwards. If you prayed and you feel, still feel the same way, that means there's still a lot of surrendering to do. There's still a lot of emotional release to do. And then what happens is that can make the difference in the day. Even Rav Nachman says in Lesson 59 that a person, imagine this, Rav Nachman says in Lesson 59, that before Panasa comes down to a person, he's going to get tested with anger. Imagine that. Before Parnassa tells you black and white, before Parnassa comes down to a person, he's going to get tested with anger. Imagine if you're on edge that day 
and you're about to make a deal and they test next thing you know, you forget to pick up the kids. All of a sudden you start screaming about a car chair or a tortilla and next thing you know, that deal that was supposed to happen is gone because of a car chair, because of a tortilla, because of a... the wrong venti cappuccino, they made it too small for you or bigger. But just imagine the opportunity cost that you lose. That's what I said to me. That's what I said to myself. And I recognized one day I was, in a, I was not in a good mood. And obviously when we're not in a good mood, what happens? We don't, we don't want to pick up the phone. And I said, you know what? That day I said, you know what? I know I'm in a bad mood. I'm going to pick up the phone anyway. And that was, a, that was a tremendous opportunity. So I said to myself, look what my emotions are costing me. Look what my emotions, I would have not picked up the phone because I'm in a bad mood. You understand? It, 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 believe me, this catches on. This is not really about Amuna, oh, have Amuna, Garden of Amuna sticker. I love you, God. This is, this is serious stuff. This is how you, how you this, what happens is, is the accumulation of this stuff is going to cost you. It's going to cost you energy. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you vision. And I said to myself, if I didn't pick up that phone call, I didn't pick up that phone call because I was in a bad mood, look at the opportunity I would have lost. And after that moment, I said, you know what? Now I'm going to do another 10 minutes of this Bodhidu because of my, my mood. But again, my mood really had nothing to do with that situation, with the guy. The guy didn't do nothing to me. It has to do with something else that was accumulated that became my mood. And the next thing you know, this how it affects. And this is all of us. This is all of us that we're all going through the situation, especially today. Today, there's no question that you are so prone to get angry. You're so prone to be extra anxious when you would have never been before. Obviously, you're watching the news 10 times worse. And we have to be careful that you're losing opportunity. You're losing Shalom Bayit. You're losing many, many opportunities because of not being able to express and how to deal with these emotions that we're dealing with today. And this is why 2020, I said, this is, a, this is the year we really, really, really have to work on this. Because if we don't work on this, it's just too much, too much negative energy today. So again, the purpose of, Ramachlan says, the purpose of an emotion is not to, it's, what is it telling you? A negative emotion is not bad. It's a signal to tell you you have to change something. Whether, for example, you feel upset or you feel sad. Okay, why do I feel sad? I had an expectation. Instead of an expectation, turn it into an appreciation. Basically take that situation and don't just run with it. Question it, dissect it, and then change the meaning. When you change the meaning, Rav Nathan says, you go from a dollar to a hay. He says, so you're first going from a dollar to a hay. When you change the meaning, you change the feeling. So first I have to change the meaning to recognize I'm in a state of a dollar. I have to recognize I'm not thinking straight. I have to recognize I'm, I'm getting too emotionally tied up. Then I can go into a hay. And this is going to, from a dollar to a hay is a tool that Rav Nathan gave us to be able to first question. It's a mindfulness tool. It's a tool to recognize when you're, when you're not in a good state, when your heart is clogged up, you're in a state of a dalit. So it teaches you, catch yourself in the dalit, and then say, question the thought, which is CBT therapy, I would say. But Kabbalistically, it's teaching you, oh, be aware that you're in a dalit, and then you can go into a hay. Because what's the difference between the dalit and the hay? It's a stick. It's a stick. That means it, it is a hay, and the last hay that Ramachal refers to is the last hay of God's name, Yudke Vavke. 
So that last hey, if it's handled, if a person's positive and a person has a munah, it's a hey. It refers to Kabbalah's machut. It's the vessel to receive. So if that last hey becomes it's missing, if it's in Dalut, then that last hey is Dalit. And what happens is that Dalit refers to our mindset. You're in Dalut, you're missing light. So anytime that we're missing light, like an emotion is, is to change the meaning of the situation and you change the feeling of the situation. It's a, it's a great mindfulness tool that I always use. Go from the Dalit to the hey. And this te- teaches you always to always, okay, this is what I'm feeling. I'm catching myself. I'm in the Dalit. Now I need to go into the hay. Why am I feeling a Dalit? I need to go into the hay. You get me? It's, it's an amazing, amazing tool that he, he gives us. And this is, really be, this is really a fancy word for mindfulness. It's a fancy word for mindfulness because at least you have to be aware that you're in the Dalit first. It's very hard to go from a negative thought to a positive thought because you have to be aware that you're thinking of by the emotion that's telling you how you're thinking, and then you can go into that. And that's why one of the greatest things is, is don't take your thoughts personal. Don't take your feet, don't take feelings personal. We're taking too many things personal. Remember, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. So recognizing that your creator is communicating with you through your emotions. But if I'm thinking of myself all the time, I'm making everything about me. So I'm extra, I'm, I'm more likely to be upset whether or instead of observing the situation. You understand? We're more, we get more likely to be upset when, when we're in a state of attachment instead of observation. And this is why it's so, so important when Nathan says in Lesson 10 that how do you get closer to God? It's not by wearing a bigger hat or having more, it's by having a settled mind. And the only way I'm going to really have a settled mind today is that I'm, I'm aware of the state that I'm always in, and most important, that I have a method in order to change my state. That is the most important thing. Because some people are anxious about being anxious, so if they don't even have any kind of coping system on how to change that state, then that's what's running the whole day for them. And that's what's really, really what Rav Nachman says. He doesn't judge you. God doesn't judge you for the negative thought. He doesn't judge you for the negative feeling. He's judging you for staying there too long. So don't be upset by that. Just observe it. Instead of attaching it, recognize it, and then use it as a tool in order to change. There's a lot of practical tools in Rav Nachman's teachings. It's not just about talking about a moon. Okay, wonderful. But how do I apply it? How do I make it practical? And that's what I like so much about Rav Nachman's teachings. It's all practical psychology that, that we can use at every, every single time in order to change our state. So... What else can we talk about? It? What else can we talk about in Muna? Um, again, anything with the past, dealing with the past. If we're, if, we're, if we're too focused on the past, that means we're looking at it, we're still holding on to it because we believe that it happened to us instead of it happened for us. This is also an element of the Muna. You know, if it wasn't for my divorce, I would never be here today. I would never be the person I am today. And, and at the moment it went through, I said I couldn't believe I was in it. So we have to also recognize the failures in our lives are only to expand the vessel. Failures in our life are not to punish you. It's for you to change procedure or perception. You have to, very, you have to be very careful. Again, I see too many people losing themselves today just because of failure or because of things that happened to them. And they lose their identity. They lose who they are today. And believe me, when you see that when you work in addiction centers, 
and you see this all day long. You almost, you almost have, unfortunately, the same story. The people running away from pain. But with Amuna, we're not running away from pain. We're actually transforming the pain. We're turning the mess into a message. We're not staying in the mess. We're turning the mess into a message. So that's the practical lesson for today, really, is to, is to, is to connect to, that, to emotion. Another one more thing that we'll say, and this is something from a couple more things we'll say. Rav Nachman also says in Lesson 5, something very beautiful. And he says, when you have a fall of faith, this cr- creates and strengthens false beliefs. Very, very important. That means you can't be half pregnant in life. When you all in, when you have faith, the stories break. But the more the when a person loses faith, the more he has excuses, the more the story, the more imagination goes. So when you see today, unfortunately, you see today many people with a lot of stories. The stories are created only because of a fallen faith. The fall of faith creates a story. Does that make sense? The, when I, how do I break that story? I marry the truth. So you got to really recognize the stories that are, that are making myself, the stories that are giving my identity, these stories are all created by false beliefs. So the, qu- the quicker I'm able to break that belief system and change that belief system, you, could, you see it all the time. You, you'll see a person going from all of a sudden, um, this person made me a drug addict, this person caused me this, next thing you know, my addiction was the greatest thing that happened to me. It brought me to a spiritual awakening. What happened to that guy's story? Next thing you know, he was a victim. He came in as a co-creator, and now he's saying, why? Because he got the moon in his life. He got meaning in his life. That's not a story anymore for him. That's, the new story is, my addiction created me who I am today. My, my addiction was my spiritual awakening. And that's what the, the benefit of waking story, of changing the story. And the last thing we want to speak about, Nachman says, is the best time to build the moon is before the morning, before the sun comes out. Anything you do pre-dawn, Rav Nachman says, is a great way to rise, to build the moon up, specifically before the sun comes out. And he's saying here that our, pre, our pre-devotions, when we, anything we do pre-morning, this is the best time because what are you doing? What, what, what's, what's the toughest thing today to deal with today? Obviously, anytime we're going through a tough day, first thing you want to do is what? You want to go to sleep. You want to go to sleep. You don't want to deal with it. Right? Nobody wants to deal with things when they're, when they're going through and they're stressed out. So what happens is when you're able to wake up in those days, when you're able to, instead of sleeping away that day, I'm, appro- I'm not avoiding the issue, which is the lack of faith, approaching the issue. So when we're able to break our sleep, that's where the benefits of saying tikkun and the benefits of waking up early, it's not what you say at that hour. It's more the fact that you're approaching life and you're approaching your creator not that you want to go to sleep mentally, spiritually, etc. It's the fact that I am not going to sleep. I want to go to sleep. I don't want to deal with this issue, but I'm, I'm going to approach my creator instead of falling asleep to, to, to the problem. And this is exactly what the Yetzirah wants us to do. He wants us to fall asleep. So when you have that resistance to wake up, that's when you need to wake up. Resistance in our lives is telling us that whatever we, want, we don't want to do, we need to do. That's what resistance teaches us today, to, to do exactly what we don't want to do. Because that resistance is not coming. Anybody ever have resistance watching Netflix for three hours? No. I was studying Gemara the other day, 20 minutes ago, I'm like, I can't, I don't have a head for this. But debate, two and a half hours? 
no resistance. So you can see the resistance we have in our lives is not to run away from the resistance. It's really to do the com complete opposite of resistance. So Ramachan saying here, when you wake up like a lion, we're, we're, we're supposed to wake up like a lion, because it has to rise like a lion. What it's showing him, it's not even what you say, it's not even what you're learning. It's the fact that you're rising up before the dawn because you want to get it. You're excited about the new day. You're excited about a brand new awakening. You're excited about a brand new day looking at life. You're not tied to yesterday's problems or tomorrow's worries. You're waking up with a sense of energy. That is connected to Emunah. So the way you wake up, it's like, you know, we opened up the first day, of, you open up a business the first day, everybody's at work, everybody's sharp. But once we get comfortable, we lose that zest. So it's very important how we wake up in the morning is an also an indication of our Emunah. So again, many, 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 many things today. We talk, we talk about resilience. We spoke about waking up with Emunah, with waking up with, with resilience. We spoke about also be careful with, with the rational mind. And the number one most important is if we're getting these negative emotions, don't run with the emotion, catch yourself on the emotion, see what it's telling you and, and, and don't take it personal. Just observe it and see why am I feeling this way? When you do that, that's called mindfulness, turning the doll into the head. All right, that's today's class.